Uh, I want to welcome everyone to this conference. I want to thank you for AMAC Clinic to give me the chance to pre present at this conference. I want to, at this time, please, we will start with prayer. Dear Father in heaven, thank you very much for this chance for us to get together for this conference. We ask that you continue to bless us and we hope that, that the folks can get some valuable tips from this meeting that they can use for their Amen conference. We ask that you continue to bless us and we ask that you please give us a wonderful Sabbath day tomorrow. Thank you for everything you've done for us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, at this time I want to I want to welcome everyone to this conference. The title of this conference is Nimble, Flexible, and Relevant. We have some objectives that we want to look at in terms of this presentation. We want to illustrate how we can incorporate community outreach, such as Amen Clinics, into our dental practice and your church's long-term strategic planning. We also want to explore methods to optimize patient flow and manpower during the AMEN event to maximize efficiency and a smooth operation. We also want to discuss methods to provide continued care and stay connected with our target community. Now, at this time, I would like to first look at it from a biblical perspective. When we look at the Bible, we see that Jesus, in many times in his ministries, used health ministries as a way to get attention for his events, like by performing miracles like healing the sick or letting the blind see or letting the cripple walk, it attracted a lot of attention. And from this attention, there was a lot of word of mouth publicity, and there was a lot of social network chatter. And from that, it attracted thousands and thousands of people to his ministry. So the objective was that to have people come for the health, but stay for the main event, which is the spiritual ministries. And from these spiritual ministries, he was able to tell these folks a lot of parables. The reason for the parables is that it's easy for a lot of these folks to be able to spread the gospel through the social network. So by doing this social network with all these uh, stories and everything that's easy to tell, he was able to allow the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit to do their conversion process. And as such, it would then result in explosive growth of the early church. Okay. So next, we find that one of the keys for the success of this growth on the early church is that the Holy Spirit was working through the social network. Now, it seems that everywhere that Jesus went, he attracted a lot of people. So he needed a social network of believers and supporters to service the needs of the new and prospective converts. 
because they had no organized church, they had no modern communication, they had to depend a lot on personal relationships. So at that time, they were also facing a lot of persecution from Jewish priests and also from pagan Rome. But still, they managed to grow. And the reason is because the Holy Spirit was acting like a bridge that connected all these diverse groups of believers and was at the same time able to deliver spiritual nutrition. So this nutrition was what fed the network and that's what in many ways caused the explosion of the early church. Now, when we look at it from today's perspective, we have Amen Health Clinics, we have Pathways to Health, we have AWR360 Health Ministries, and they still draw a lot of people. We also have a lot of modern technological miracles that we can do for our patients, even in Amen Clinics. We have incredible social media that spreads the word all over the world. We have a very dynamic evangelistic force that uses all sorts of multimedia messages that can reach a lot of people. And of course, we still have the Holy Spirit to work with us. And if you combine all these aspects together, it is great at continuing our objective, which is to continue the Great Commission. Now, when we look at these biblical principles of how Jesus applied health ministries, we can then look and see how we can apply it to our own church's long-term community outreach strategy. At the top of the chart, you will see the Amen Clinic. From this Amen Clinic, we should be able to compile a database of interested parties in other further studies, especially from the exhibit hall. So from this list of interested parties, we should be able to channel them into our church's social network. So from this social network, we can then build rapport and trust with these new and prospective converts. And then once we build that trust, we can then invite them to church and they are more likely to go to church because we have that relationship. Because a lot of times it's difficult to expect the person to jump from the Amen clinic, like if we were to do something like say a restoration or we did an extraction, and then we expect them to then attend church services, sometimes it can be quite a big jump. So I think if we were to work through that social network first, we build that trust and rapport, then it's a lot easier to invite them to church. And then when we invite them to church and then they meet the other members 
And then if they show interest in being a member of the church, that's when we encourage them to join in Bible studies. And when they attend the Bible studies is when the church as a group should pray that these folks will be convicted and converted by the Holy Spirit to become believers and members of the church. And once they become members of the church, they are a very valuable resource on how we can make the next Amen event even better. Because they came from the event, so they know what it was that attracted their attention. And we can learn from that so we can make the next one even more effective in reaching out to the community. Now, of course, then once we have decided that we are going to have an Amen clinic, we need to do some basic market research. For instance, we need to understand the demographics. Every community's demographics is different. We need to understand the unique social issues of that community. And we need to know the health issues of the community. Again, everyone is different. Like some of the attendees is from different countries. So every community is different. So we need to find the unique aspects and then we should tailor it to that community. Now, of course, once we have researched and done and found out what the community is like and God has guided us from prayer as to what should be our target group, then we need to find the best ways to market the event to attract the most number of participants from the community. Of course, banner and signs are very important, but please make sure that they are in the relevant languages. And then an often overlooked pool of potential attendees is our dental office patient pool. Especially in today's environment, I myself in my practice have patients who have recently been divorced, unemployed, depressed, lost a loved one because of COVID-19. So they are searching for spiritual guidance. We all have these patients. They are a good source of people to recommend to attend these sort of events, especially since they know you. Okay, you have that connection. And then of course, social media. There's so much social media around today that they are good source to market the event. Now, social media by itself should be marketed not just to the community, but also to the volunteers. So from the community point of view, it's great. They can look up your Facebook page or whatever social media page you choose for information and updates. It sure saves a lot of time for the church secretary to answer the phone, to answer all the questions. So all that information should be on there. And especially if you have changes, you will be able to post it on there and everyone should see it soon. And definitely 
put the youth in charge. They know how to maneuver around the social media much better than the older folks. And definitely, you can put on there the different promotions, whether it's free care or free food, whatever it is, use targeted promotions. And then a good way to market on social media too is for the volunteers because volunteers need information and updates. It is a lot easier than trying to call around or text everyone or make sure everyone read their email. Everybody should be linked to your particular social media app. And I personally like to use the chat room app, WhatsApp, when I am planning an event. I find that it is a good source to get feedback and suggestions from the other dentists who have participated before. They can give me an idea as to what worked for them and work in other places, and we can all learn from each other. So with a chat room, it gives that avenue for everybody to put in their ideas on what to do best for the event. And then what I found to be very useful is when I use it as a progress indicator. That means, hey, we only have three dentists sign up so far and we are expecting X number of people. Quick, we need some more volunteers. Or, hey, we need this piece of equipment. It's not working, please find us this other piece of equipment. So to me, I find a good progress indicator and it keeps all your volunteers involved so they know how important their role is to the event. And then once you have all your marketing in place, then there are a few tips that I find are very useful in pre-event preparation, especially the day before when you're setting up. One thing is a unidirectional flow chart. Okay, that's very, very important. Because if anyone has any question what to do next, just look at that flow chart. And then what I found very useful too is to do a full setup testing of all non-AMEN items. AMEN crew is great at setting up all their equipment. They, they make sure everything works. They can maintain everything well. It's the other equipment in the exhibit hall and in other places that need to be tested. Because many times I've gone in there and then the TV is not working. So there is no programming in the waiting room or whatever. So do the food testing. And then especially today, everyone volunteering needs to know the current protocol for infection control. I'm sure it's everywhere in the world where the protocol is changing constantly, okay? So the problem is a lot of volunteers do not work in medical or dental offices. A lot of them, I found, have no idea. So it's important to give them that training because the last thing we want 
is someone to post an embarrassing photo on social media. So we don't want any of those, of those kind of situations to come up. So please train for the latest infection control protocol. And volunteer communication. People are busy and people forget what time it is. So make sure to communicate and re-verify with everyone about their timing and their expectation. And then when you put up signs at the event, please try to use numbers or pictures because it really would eliminate a lot of language barrier issues. Of course, some people might try to use other technology like time signs or texting, whatever. That, that's entirely up to what your church group wants to do. But definitely, as far as signs, numbers and pictures save a lot of confusion. Now, what is very important to recognize in an Amen clinic is that it is a faith-based program. Okay, you need to have faith that the dentist will come. You need to have faith that the patients will come. And definitely, if you are concerned, you need to definitely pray and have faith that God will deliver. Because sometimes I know that despite everyone's best efforts, you just have a hard time finding enough committed dentists. I can only say, please don't despair. Miracles do happen. Get down on your knees, pray to God, please send us the dentist we need and pray that he will send you the patients that you want for this clinic. And miracles do happen. I myself have for whatever reason felt the urge to travel 200, 300 miles away from home to participate in an amen clinic, completely unannounced. So the Holy Spirit does work. Pray. And then another thing to consider too in your pre-event preparation, when your dentists are assembled, you need to know in advance your choice of your method of operating the clinic itself. So basically you need to find out and decide in advance how you can best optimize your available personnel to manage the anticipated patient flow. Now, this is what I choose to call your treatment operating modality. What happens very common is we put on a clinic and then the dentist show up, they go pick a chair and then they sit down and they get to work. Sometimes it can be a little bit disorganized and confusing because especially if you have dentists that come in a little bit unannounced, they're not exactly sure what to do. So I have found that there are several options that you may choose as a way to run your clinic. Okay, they are time-based, procedure-based, and a more hybrid option. Now, a time-based 
operating mode is basically you decide to see one patient an hour. That is the most common choice. One patient an hour. This is a very, very attractive option for a lot of dentists because it has some very, very good positives. It's very organized and it's very predictable. You have five dentists, you have an eight hour operating schedule. That means you see 40 patients. That means you go to the line, especially when you're in screening, you go to the line. Okay, you count out 40 patients and then you, you tell 41 or, and on, I'm sorry, our quota is reached. You may come back tomorrow or you may come and see one of the other cherry dentists. The nice thing is the patients don't have to wait in line for a long time. And for the dentist's point of view, it's a very slow, relaxed pace. I can do as much or as little on the patient in that one hour. And I can have time to talk to the patients from everything from education for oral hygiene to religious subjects. There is time to do that. The cons with this method of operation is that we do limit the number of patients to the number of dentists multiplied by the number of hours. Sometimes we run into situations with disappointed patients. They might say, oh, okay, this is really mm, false advertisement or come up with some kind of comments. And then at the same time, some dentists might get a little bit bored. For instance, if the patient only needed something simple, it may take maybe five minutes, 10 minutes. And then suddenly, uh, I have another 45 minutes, 50 minutes, and I do not know what to do. So I start chatting and visiting. Okay, so sometimes that becomes an issue. Then we have the next option. We have a procedure-based option for operating the clinic, which is basically the one most important procedure. Okay, the pros for this method of operation is that the faster dentist can see more patients, especially if you allow them multiple chairs. So the dentists have a lot of flexibility. You have some that say, okay, it's at seven or eight hour days and I only want to see seven patients. No problem. And then you have some dentists that say, hey, I can do 40 extractions in eight hours. Just give me three or four chairs. Fine, no problem. Give them three or four chairs. Now, a lot of times you still have a coda. The nice thing about the coda is that when you have reached the coda for everybody's or the individual dentist limit on how many patients they want to see, then again, there is no unnecessary waiting for the patient. So you can tell patient 100, I'm sorry, we are full, come back tomorrow, see a charity dentist. So again, we unfortunately do have some cons with this technique. We are limited if the turnout is very high. That means because we have a quota. Now, you say, well, okay, 
no coda. Well, the the problem is that if you are the dentist who say, yes, I can do 40 extractions in eight hours, but if by three o'clock you only did 20, uh, you are going to have a very late night. Okay. So you do run into a situation still if you have a quota of potential patient disappointment. Again, they waited in line, they may have waited overnight, whatever, and they're still not seen. And some dentists have a temptation to leave early. I did my eight restorations, I'm done, I'm going home. And again, for some of those who may have thought that they could do more, they end up staying late. And now of course, because this is more focused on getting procedures done, you have less time to talk to the patient. So this, this method, it does work, but then it does have its cons. And then there's another method that can be used. And I've had some dentists try it with some degree of success. And that is the hybrid method of operating the clinic. And this is much more demand dependent. Okay, how it works is that it is a system that is more dynamic and scalable based on real-time demand. What that means is that the dentists who are working in the clinic need to be prepared to change their mode of operation based on the real-time patient demand. So this is a method that is a little bit more patient-centered as compared to doctor-centered. The best example that I can give for something like this is something similar to, say, when you go to a supermarket and suddenly there's a very long line of people waiting to check out. So the supermarket then decides to, okay, let's open an express counter for people with five or less items or 10 or less items. So anyone who has five or 10 less items can then go to that express line. So this is sort of something similar to that kind of an idea. So the whole idea is that you want to be more patient responsive to minimize the disappointment from the other two earlier modes of operation. So how would you set up something like that? The first thing you would need to do is from the dentists who are confirmed and those who show up un unannounced, you want to understand how many patients or procedures they want to see for that day. So that's your top line number. That's your maximum number of procedures to be seen on the regular line. And then any people that come beyond that maximum quota, you would then have a dynamic use of floaters and auxiliaries. 
So these floaters are basically dentists who are not part of the original quota. They are floating dentists. They have no problem seeing as many patients or as needed, and they have no problem working fast, and they are not picky about what they do. And they should have at least one or more assistants with them. So how this would proceed then is this. If the patient numbers are low, you are, you are working in a time-based format. Okay, so each person allow and out. If the numbers are high, you want to limit to one procedure per patient in the main line. Okay, so you already got a number. You already know what the quota was right at the very beginning. And then if the numbers are very high, that's when you activate the express line. So again, the whole point is to minimize disappointment of the patients beyond the coda. On the main line, you are doing definitive treatment, extractions, big restorations, whatever you choose. But on the express line, you are focused mainly on palliative treatment. Okay. So basically, let's say you have reached the quota. Then patient number 101, you should then go to the line and give them some options. Mr. Smith, we have reached our quota of 100 patients. We're going to give you some choices. Would you like to see a charity dentist? A dentist who's willing to volunteer a day in their office a month? Or would you like to go to another station? Maybe you want to have your heart check or something like that at one of the other MD stations. Or three, they can always wait in case there's space or go to the express line. And if they choose to go to an express line, that's fine. Then you have that separate, away from the main line, that separate line with the floater dentist and his auxiliaries working with him. Again, it's open strictly on an as-needed basis. And when we mean by palliative treatment, we mean procedures that are done in five minutes or less. Example, if you have somebody with a lot of decay, they have meth mouth, you apply silver diamine. If they have an infection, you do drainage. So simple procedures done in five minutes. Now, the pros with this method of operation is that it's scalable. That means you only open that express line only when it's needed. Yeah, and in, in, in between, if you have more or less patients, you can adjust to time-based or procedure-based based on the number of patients. It's scalable. You see the maximum number of patients, hopefully everyone who wants to be seen. 
and the dentists have flexibility. They can choose to work in the main line or they can choose to be a floater. And it's versatile in the sense that if you wanted to, you can activate at any time. You can even activate at the very beginning of the day if you have a lot of people waiting in line. But the cons is that some people will only have palliative instead of definitive. But it's still something rather than nothing. And then if you have an express line, you do need support staff to make it go faster, especially if you have a lot of patients. That means everyone in that group working there has to be nimble, flexible, and adaptable in real time to the demand of the patient pool at any moment in time. Just to give you an example, my brother-in-law tested out an express line in the Dominican Republic. Just with him, the one dentist, and two other auxiliaries, he was able to see 200 patients a day in just the express line, not counting the main line, just only the express line. So it is a good option if you do not want disappointed patients, especially if you have a high turnout. Now, just a few tips because I know many of you have participated in amen clinics. For the event day, please make sure that all the doctors and volunteers are in their pre-assigned location that they want. Please don't put someone or assign someone to do endo when they would prefer to do oral surgery. Because if they already know you're, they're going to be assigned to endo, they may not show up. And it's very important, please try to start your screening or triage at least one to two hours earlier than the time the clinic begins. Many times when I've been to AMEN clinics, they say we're going to open at eight o'clock. So the thing is that by the time you go through the paperwork and the check-in process and the x-rays and the waiting room area, and then the seating, you may start at eight o'clock, but by the time they see the first dentist, it might be nine or 9.30. And then by the time you finish with the procedure, and they get to the main exhibit hall, it might be 10 or 10.30 or even later. So if the triage starts at least one to two hours earlier, then at eight o'clock or nine o'clock, whatever time the clinic starts, you have a pool of patients ready and then the doctors can get right to work. And then it also would be helpful if we have hosts and auxiliaries and auxiliaries who are ready to guide the patients to where they're supposed to go, because otherwise you have a lot of people wandering around the hallways. And they need to be ready for contingencies because you don't know how long people have been waiting out there. There might be people who might be dehydrated or low blood sugar. So have them keep an eye out on the waiting room for any 
medical emergencies. And then I noticed that a lot of clinics have continuous waiting room programming. Please make sure the programming is relevant to your target market. Again, you did that in a market research, make sure the subjects are relevant. And one thing that I've noticed that I myself often forget when I'm at these clinics is I forget to do my oral pathology screening. Okay, we all could help by brushing up with our books on what to look for in oral pathology screening. But again, you are dealing with the general public and some might come from more impoverished backgrounds. It's good to keep an eye out for oral pathology screening. Now, once you are done with the treatment, please collect the paperwork. There is so much relevant communication and patient information on there that would be very helpful later when you try to develop your social network. And a lot of times I notice that unless somebody guides the patient to the exhibit hall, they exit. A lot of people don't even know that it's an exhibit hall. So we need to point that out and guide them that that is the main point of the clinic is to bring them into the exhibit hall so that they can become part of the social network. And when it comes to exhibits, again, your market research should tell you what is relevant for that community that you are in. Be creative. Of course, you have the dietary, the nutrition, the lifestyle station. And I've seen some with cooking classes, great, because they are great for folks who have problems with obesity, diabetes, and other sort of ailments like that. And then what is very helpful, especially now, is something like a drug and alcohol abuse station, a depression station. Many folks have lost loved ones because of this virus. They are searching for spiritual guidance. Have those kind of mental health, spiritual health stations ready to meet the relevant needs of these folks. Now, I've noticed too, other relevant stations as well. Subjects like immigration. For some communities, is a big deal. An immigration station a financial literacy station, a parenting station. Again, find stations that are relevant for your community. And then once you have done with the post event, you need to work on developing your social network. So now you have all these tools. You have social media. Remember, they filled out that patient information sheet. Okay, you can speak to them in person, connect them with email, let them know. If you are having a gym night or other kind of church event, invite them. Of course, phone, text, keep them contacted so that they are in touch. Then once you build that rapport and trust, now you have a way to encourage them to come to the evangelistic meeting or attend church services. Where there are also ways that you can continue building on this social network through your dental office. At the top of the list, 
we notice there is continuing care. Many times I've seen patients who come in with a whole mouth full of cavities. If you are close to that church where the event was, there would be a great opportunity for you to allocate half a day, one day, a month, whatever interval you choose to your office to service these folks. Okay, that's one way to keep the connection. And when they come, have some stations as well in your office. Okay, have the pastor come and join you. That's how you keep that connection. And then there's nothing wrong with having a nutrition or cooking class. Okay, because with a good diet, you have better oral health care. One of my friends, he even on a Sunday roped off part of the parking lot. He had a community cooking class. He invited everybody. Hey, free food attracts attention. Okay, and then when they are there, again, you have your little stations ready. Again, relevant stations. You have a waiting room. Why not use it for a spiritual study group? Again, we all have our own patients and you have connections from the Amen Clinic. They can benefit from a Bible study group. And then, of course, there is always an addiction support group that you can have. Addiction study group uh, support groups are great because it might require a certain degree of discretion. And a small group setting, especially since you are a healthcare professional, you have credibility. This is a great way to keep that connection. Because, hey, if they understand the workings of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can fill the voids that are currently filled with this type of unhealthy health habits. And then one of the things that is very, very useful is oral pathology monitoring. You saw some hair growing on the tongue. You saw leukoplakia. Have them come. Again, half a day, one a, one a day a month, have them come. Hey, let's just check on the progress. Let's make sure that it's not worse. Then, hey, with this kind of with this kind of healthy habits, you can reduce this and reduce that. It's a good way to get people coming because they're worried because they don't know why they are growing that thing on their tongue. And of course, outreach, having seminars. If somebody can come to the Amen Clinic, bring the Amen Clinic to them. Okay, you can do it. Just get some portable mobile equipment bring the seminar to them, okay? So in conclusion, I just want to leave you with some thoughts. An Amen Clinic is a good starting point for a church's long-term strategic outreach program. A good starting point. And to, to make it really effective, the church body itself needs to develop a culture of acceptance. Okay, you can work as hard as you want on your social 
you know, your social connections. But when you're ready to bring them to church, the church body must be welcoming to these folks. Okay. Otherwise, if you are always back to the Amen Clinic, then instead of being part of the whole cycle, it becomes simply a community service event. Okay, so it can be so much more. So I encourage you to please develop this culture of acceptance so that you can continue that cycle for your long-term strategy. Be creative in using your office. There are ways that you can use your dental office to continue the momentum set from the clinic. Be relevant. So if you're going to discuss the subjects, reach out to them. Reach them where they are. Go to there where they are. Understand their problems. Reach out to their problems. Then they are more willing to listen to you. Always have faith and pray for the success of your efforts. And as I learned from a seminar a long time ago, there is no limit to what you can achieve as long as God gets all the credit. Your reward is in heaven. Thank you for attending this seminar. At this time, I would like to say our closing prayer. Dear Father in heaven, thank you very much for this chance for us to get together at this conference to understand how we can improve our Amen Clinics. We ask that you continue to bless all the participants as they continue with this conference. And we ask that you please give us a blessed Sabbath day tomorrow. Thank you for all that you have done for us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.